Like, what kind of start to a company is stealing someone else's name? Did they the did they pay them? I forgot. I, I don't know where that. that sits. You know that man is dead. Sorry, I said that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You know that man had his Facebook account deactivated. He he sent a message. Hey guys, I'm gonna take some time away from Facebook. I'm moving <laughs> to a country that I have no relationships in. I'm <laughs> moving to the South Pole <laughs> for long term research. <laughs> Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Super Agile Bros. You already know what it is. It's your boy, Bradston, in the game with the boys, the brothers themselves. Kyle, tell the people, say hey. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Yes, yes. And of course, the boy, Steve, himself. What's up, Steve? Hello. Hey, there we go. That's a cheery Steve today. You know, Steve's on his best behavior because uh, recently we had another Steve... Uh, just, <laughs> <laughs> this man's edging from my job. My <laughs> Let it be yes. known if if this Steve acts up, he he's ready. He's ready to take his place, and <laughs> and I, I'm ready to. We, we'll do what we got to do if the time comes. I guess that's not a joke. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, man. Hey, you know, happy 2022. We already in here. We've been here for a while, a little bit over half a month, y'all. So it's uh hopefully gonna be a good year it's been crazy already but you know we're here to make it even better so today's gonna be a good episode it's gonna be a fun one uh this is something actually i appreciate kyle uh suggesting this topic because this is something i think about a lot randomly kind of randomly i think about this but we're gonna be talking about br or as the people in the industry say virtual realness so um <laughs> sorry virtual reality uh so realness virtual realness so we're gonna get into it and really we're just gonna talk about virtual reality and really mainly it does it really have staying power is it gonna be mainstream are people really gonna be using it in the future are we gonna be doing uh what's that movie that steven spielberg made a no uh, we're not gonna talk about that <laughs> no no like what was the movie called ready uh, player one ready player one they said in unison yeah are we gonna be living <laughs> in the metaverse I forgot Steven Spielberg directed that movie. Yeah, man. Yeah, there was a distinct lack of uh, of children actors. They were all teenagers. Is that is that something Steven Spielberg does? I just think a lot about ET, just in my day to day life. Mm. And Super Eight. I mean, they were like they were spunky twenty somethings. I think they were. Childish children are twenty somethings children now. Is that how how much you have aged? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I feel like there's just some actors though who will be like forty five and they can act like they're sixteen. And you're Tom like, Holland. <laughs> Tom Holland. Yeah, oh, probably. Zendaya for sure. Zendaya. Yeah, Zendaya. Most of them. Yeah, they definitely look like they're like twelve. So and then the opposite <laughs> of that is like Steve Buscemi. Oh my gosh. <laughs> He's like probably like twenty five, but he looks like he's eighty. Yes. Willem Dafoe yes. has always looked the same. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Timeless. He, so he's Willem, aged well. So he's Keanu. aged well. <laughs> oh yeah. Keanu. Oh the vampires, yeah. Yeah, man. Some people just got it. And I feel like Keanu's the type of person who wouldn't do plastic surgery, you know? Wow. Like he just seems like he has that type of vibe. That's not his brand. <laughs> you can't exactly. you can't star in the Matrix if you've had plastic surgery. Come on. <laughs> Oh man! In the yeah, contract, when, when you get too old, they just replace you with a younger person. That's just they do. Thing you see is real. 
<laughs> I still have to watch it. I have to figure out what they did with Morpheus and what that is all about. Yeah. Oh yeah. Have you seen he it? He got replaced. You saw it, Kyle? Mm-mm. I saw trailers though. And oh, there's okay, a there's okay. a different guy. Let's watch that. Let's let's uh, forget everything else we were gonna do. Let's watch <laughs> and watch the Matrix. <laughs> right. Now. I mean, I've just heard it's uh, <laughs> underwhelming. I mean, but that's not. I'm not too surprised that it wasn't that great. You know, it's like, you know. Like, just let it be what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't need to reboot The Matrix. Or I guess not reboot. They didn't reboot it. They I, I guess they rebooted him. Yeah, they just want more did. money from the franchise. <laughs> I mean, money's <laughs> nice. So I ain't mad at them. But speaking right. of The Matrix, we're going to talk about virtual reality. So, I mean, that's honestly the most realest virtual reality ever, right? So... I'm not even going to ask that question. Do you guys think the virtuality will one day be like the Matrix? My question really for y'all is... Thank you. What is y'all's overall take on virtuality in general? I mean, do you vibe with it? Do you feel like it has staying power? Uh, like, we can go around the horn. I just want to hear what you guys take on it. And then we can just get deep into virtuality, what we've experienced, <laughs> what we think about it, and all that jazz. So You sound like um, you have an opinion, Steve. I hear you laughing. Yeah, I've, never, I've never heard that expression before, around the horn. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> really? You've never heard that? You've never heard no, that? I've never heard that. What? Man, Steve, you're the most cultured of a swine. I well, figured you would know such a now, thing. Now I've heard it. Thank you for saying <laughs> so. I do feel I do feel like I, uh, I heard a lot of things in my youth. But <laughs> this is the first. I love how he's like, yes. Yes, I agree with you. <laughs> you are beneath me. Far be it from me to say no. <laughs> to say that I'm more cultured than you, but you are correct. <laughs> I know another language. <laughs> I was just I was just talking about how um, I had some friends talking about how this kid's been playing Pokemon and he plays. He ignores all the NPCs. He just pushes. He just mashes A and doesn't read any of the dialogue. And we were all talking about, how, oh, when we were kids, we read all the dialogue. We talked to mm-hmm. all the NPCs and read all the signs. And I was like, yeah, Pokemon Blue was where I heard the phrase, I'm just joshing you. Really? And I, I have said that and people don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, I have, meaning people don't know that what that phrase means? Yeah. Huh. What does it mean in reference to Pokemon? It's I'm what just Bill says. When you go talk to him for the first time, he's become a Pokemon. And I, he said, he basically makes some joke acting like he's an actual Pokemon that can talk. And he's like, no, I'm, or maybe he says, I'm not joshing you. But basically he's trying to get your help. And he's like, look, I need your help for real. Like, don't, uh, don't run away in terror. <laughs> huh. Yeah. I mean, yeah, prob- I, hmm. what were we going to say, Kyle? Is that, yeah, I, I knew of the phrase outside of Pokemon, but man, that's, that's very localized. Yeah, that yeah. was a that was a strong localization. <laughs> you know, it's sad because not that it's sad. It's hard to say where I even learned things from when I was younger yeah. because I played a lot of video games. I watched a lot of TV, and mm-hmm. you know that was available to me. So I feel like, in many ways, like who knows where I originally heard because my parents didn't say. Am I joshing you? (laughs) They're Jamaicans. So, yeah, I heard it somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of things that I have no idea where I heard it. But that, that, for some reason, sorry, my voice is like exploding right now. Yeah, that one stuck out to me. I remember being like, what the heck? Joshing me. His name's not Josh, it's Bill. Ooh. 
and this is before, this is before the internet, so you can't even go. What is joshing mean? You yeah, know, like, I just, just had, had to, to look, make it up it. through context clues. Pretend yeah. like you knew, then use it wrong in front of people. Yeah. Yo, when I was in high school, I I took uh, man, I did so bad in this class. Uh, AP U.S. History, and mm. uh, yeah, I was really bad in the class. And but my teacher, no, we had like a substitute, and the substitute was like. I'm going to teach you guys a new word today. The word is boondoggle. Oh my gosh. Boondoggle. Yeah, I still know that word. Boondoggle is basically like you're in a difficult situation or like there's a whole bunch of mitigating factors that causes issues and you're in kind of a a, a quagmire per se. You're in a pickle. (laughs) A, Ah. A pickle, right? So I'd never heard that word in my life. You know, I'm probably like 16 at this point. Literally that night, it was on a Friday, come home. My parents are watching 2020 and, and I knew and it was a Friday because 2020 comes on Friday and there's a farmer in like Kansas or something <laughs> like, no. and he's like, yeah, you know, my family, we're quite, we're in a quite a boondoggle with this situation. <laughs> and I was like, what in the world? Like, I'd never heard that phrase, but you started lit- seeing the matrix and how things are connected. Whoa, deja vu. So boondoggle, Josh. Boondoggle. Use them I think in your daily language. I think I, we now need a word of the day. Man, I can help with that. I have a dictionary. <laughs> man, we'll, our a word of the day, it'll it. come through conversation. It, we, we can't choose it. We have to let it choose no. us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you no, say word it. of the day like Pee Wee's uh, house or whatever? Like <laughs> the playhouse? <laughs> playhouse? If I ever make a VR like world i'm definitely gonna screw with people and have really obvious deja vu moments just to make people think that the agents are coming Mm. i feel like in vr it'll just seem like a glitch like (laughs) you know like as a gamer you'll just be like yeah that's just a glitch (laughs) you know keep moving Mm -hmm. like you won't even think of it you know well then i'll do the opposite (laughs) i'll make it actually mean something and Mm. only the experienced Mm -hmm. players will be like did you say deja vu? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so what? You, so, what is your take on VR? Uh, I'll start with you, Steve. Like, you, you seem like you already are, are are all about it. The metaverse is real in your heart. Uh, no, I'm not really. Uh, I think VR is mostly a gimmick. I mm. think, I outside think. of very specific. Uh, applications especially games and even then really it's outside of very specific like game genres i think it's borderline useless uh if not worse than like other interface styles i think ar is probably a lot more useful like augmented reality where you Mm -hmm. you're like uh, imposing virtual reality onto the real world Mm -hmm. so that could be really cool but that would still be combined with like normal, I guess you would say like 2D screened uh, interfaces. I think virtual reality interfaces are clunky and um, just, I, I mean, people say they're more intuitive and I get that. But how intuitive can it really be? Because you're trying to emulate the real world, but you're still like limited in, in the digital world. And so it's not very intuitive if 
you have motions to like tie your shoes. Let's talk about games, right? You'd have motions to tie your shoes or shoot a gun or pick up ammo, but then you can't like open a door or you can't like, mm-hmm. like if someone forgets a detail, then everything breaks. Mm. Or if, uh, I don't know, there's like some colloquialisms that don't translate, that someone doesn't mm-hmm. account for. I can't think of a an action-based colloquialism, but I feel like there might be some. No, I mean, that, that makes sense. Yeah, it makes I mean, sense. You, yeah, I can feel that. We, we can get more into that, but uh, no, that's a good, hmm, good thoughts. Uh, Kyle, what about you, sir? So, I, I really like virtual reality. Um, I'm a big fan. I have uh, the first Oculus Quest in... Um, Laughing at it's, it's a, literally it's, I'm laughing at Facebook. Aha! <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing at poor Oculus for getting bought out and ruined by Facebook. Yeah, it's I mean, a shame man. what happened. Uh, the device itself, though, isn't too bad. Um, yeah, yeah. Like the headsets, I won't lie and say that they're stylish or comfortable because <laughs> they're really like compared to what they used to be. Sure, they're better, but compared to like if if you want somebody to wear that thing for an hour it's nowhere near that um the experiences i have had in it the i think one thing that virtual reality has over other things is kind of going back to your point about something being intuitive is like it it is kind of immersive by accident or like inherently immersive because it's taking control of one of our primary senses which is our mm-hmm. our eyes or a vision and so just having that, I think, is like a superpower that VR um, just has over other games. And so I agree that a lot of things still aren't as intuitive as they could be. But in comparison to, you know, moving a, a controller, which feels good in its own right, you know, moving a control stick or pressing a button, that haptic feedback is great. But it still doesn't compare to like doing it yourself moving your full body in vr to do things it's uh it's on another level and so i hope that you know overall it gets better because i'd like to see how far it goes i don't want to be 80 years old when it gets there Hmm. but i think eventually it'll be better than it is now yeah i like yeah you know i feel like i'm maybe in the middle ground and and i just want to make this side note i was saying this to the guys before the recording but that i have a neighbor who has uh, a truck who like will pull up and like be super loud like legitimately like i i guess today he wants to disrespect me but like <laughs> he pulled up in front of the house and just left the engine running like it's just Got running him. right now so i'm like come on y'all might hear for a while so i apologize but anyway so yeah going back to vr um yeah, I feel like I'm in the middle. I, I've, I think VR is one of those things that Steve put it in a way. Like, it's trying to be real, but it can never be real. Mm-hmm. And it needs to stop trying to be real. I, I, I feel like that is, that's its biggest weakness. Like, have you ever, y'all ever heard of the phrase Uncanny Valley? In mm, terms yes. of, like, robots and stuff. How, like, if you try to make a ro- robot too lifelike, it seems like a, basically a dead person. Uh-huh. because it's just like there's no unless you make it exactly like a person like we as humans can easily detect the difference between a human being and somebody right. who's not human just from yeah. like subtle <clears throat> movements eye muscles you know just speech patterns like everything about them so i feel like 
the same thing comes with our visual world in general. Like you can't put a screen in front of our eyes and then we're convinced that it's real. Mm-hmm. We, we can be convinced that it, if it, it, it can, it, it, like kind of going back to our movie discussion, like it can emulate a feeling very well. Like, oh, I'm alone. It's dark. It's bright. It's, I'm free. I'm like things like that. But I don't think it can ever like become the matrix. You know, I just feel like it has to in some way, kind of going back to what Steve said, I feel like augmented reality is better because it doesn't feel like it's breaking that boundary, you know? Yeah. So, Mm, I mean, personally, I think VR is cool. I think, I mean, I have experiences that I can share, you know, as we go on. But like, I I think overall, I, I don't think it'll ever get beyond the point of just being a thing that we do. Like video games are a thing that you do but they'll never be like the like practical yeah you know what i'm saying exactly like it's more of like they won't replace like a day-to-day thing exactly you know it can it can augment a thing it can make it better right maybe training or Mm -hmm. you know watching a movie by yourself or something but i don't know um so i don't know i mean you guys i mean it sounds like you know kyle you've sounds like you've clearly had many virtual reality experiences i mean what has been y'all's experience doing virtual reality has it been something where like you're like man i want to do this more 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 or is it like oh this was cool i had a fun experience here i'll check it out later you know when it gets better like where y'all right now as far as like virtual reality where technology from the experiences you had or if you haven't had any experiences what are your you know sure yeah i uh I'm very lightly invested. I think I had, yeah, so I had the Google Cardboard headset, and then later I actually got a nicer Google, I guess, Dream headset for free with a phone I bought. Ooh. Um, and so both of those use my cell phone as a screen, and you kind of just slip the phone into the headset, and you put it on. And um, it was a fun gimmick. I didn't play any games. I didn't Mm -hmm. find any games that were really interesting. I think the coolest thing I found was like a solar system kind of like tour where you could, you're like in a ship and it's just kind of like taking you around looking at the planets and, and uh, stuff like that. Yeah. Tours are fun where you're not really interacting very much. Mm -hmm. I like Google maps integrations where you can become street view and look around. That's pretty rad. Uh, I didn't play very many games partially because my phones, you know, phones just aren't that powerful and it wasn't, it wasn't like good enough to be fun for me. Um, Let me think what else. I did try one time (laughs) plugging my phone into the wall so it would be charging while I was using it. And uh, my phone shut down like in five minutes. I'm like, the oh, overheating is, is definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like face didn't that. melt. Yeah, um, I still have. I think I still have that dream somewhere around. Maybe. I but uh, yeah, in terms of like what I'm looking forward to, I have played. All right, so I played my friend's PSVR, and he had a few games. That were interesting. You know, Beat Saber it took the world by storm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's one of those things that, like, really thrives in VR. Half-Life Alex looks incredible. And it's one of those games where everyone says, oh, it's super intuitive and super mm-hmm. uh, immersive. So I would like to see, like, what level of detail they did there. 
Um, there's a few other games I play that are really neat. So yeah, I, I I'm on the market in the future for like a nice headset so I can play Alex and whatever else you know groundbreaking games. But right now, there's not really anything that exists that I'm like I have to go out and buy hardware for this. Yeah, I, yeah. I feel like that's exactly where I'm at. Like, there's nothing that like has like okay i'll just give my experience so actually what got me into virtual reality stuff was game development um Mm -hmm. i uh i actually made a game well i adapted one of my games that had made previously chaos cube that nobody will ever play ever unless you like (laughs) maybe i think kyle has played it chaos cube but anyway i think i have oh i think i've played it yes it's on android right yeah, it was just a box. Well, it was on the computer. Any, anywho, it was just a game <laughs> that you played, and it was just like a lot of particles and stuff or whatever. So I just kind of wanted to adapt it. So I got a, a phone, um, and, you know, I got the uh, Oculus. Which, which one was the, the phone one? Uh, not the Quest. Uh, not Definitely yeah. not the Rift. I can't remember which one, but I got was it a the Go? Oculus. Huh? Was it the Oculus Go? Is that one? No, it was before they switched it to Go. It was something else. I can't remember the name. If I saw it, if I saw it, I'd be like, "Oh, that's what it's called." But anyway, I got the mobile one where you could slide your phone into it, and um, was developing in it. So for me, it was very much a hardware understanding how the tech works. You know, one of the biggest things was like you said, Steve, like UI. How does UI work in? in uh, virtual reality because you can't just press a button. It's kind of like a touch and hold and how does it show up on your screen? So I was having a lot of fun experimenting in it. And because it was a lot of my stuff and I didn't have a lot of high fidelity stuff, like, you know, it never really felt like anything. It wasn't until later when I downloaded some demos and it was on one of my phones, like my HTC something, whatever. And I, Watched, I had this demo on my uh, from the Oculus store that was like where you could listen to music, but you'd also be in a 3D like scape soundscape kind of place or a uh, 3D world. Yeah. All and right. there's a song that to this day is one of my favorite songs. And it, and it, to this day. And it just so happened to be the first song that I that was played in my first experience with virtual reality it was too perfect i was like okay i know i need to be in a dark room because there's a lot of light bleed through the side so i went into Mm. my room turned off all the lights put towels on the doors like try to get as much darkness as possible and the song is called i remember by dead mao (laughs) (laughs) dead dead mao dead mouse and um and and it was like I was on this like carpet, this like genie carpet, and I was going around this world with like fish flying in the sky and all this magical. Mm-hmm. And literally, oh, I was so like, you were Yo. on a trip. Yeah, son. I was like, am I high right now? Like, it was <laughs> literally like I was in another world. And I was like, this is crazy, right? And it, and it was just the perfect mix of music and, you know, what the visuals were. And it was like a, like kind of like a player. So it would play other music. So when it changed to another song, it didn't feel right and I was like eh and I took it off and it was very strange that like thinking back on it like wow like if I hadn't had that experience with that music maybe that whole experience would have been completely different right yeah um then probably the experience that stands out the most because most of my experience with VR has been mobile the mobile version I have used the PSVR um but my other experience was and and maybe Steve you got a chance to check this out it was it was a horror game. Yes. yes. <laughs> I knew it. And I, I have video of it and I to this I wonder if I can even still finish it. I've never finished it. I just 
it's just too much for me. Is that the one it, like facing your fears or something? What was it? It's it's you're like in a haunted house and you have to do puzzles in yeah, each you room. Collect things. You don't have to do a puzzle. You just have to walk around the house and collect things. <laughs> That's it. It's one of those oh. type. And it's badly done. It's like in Unity. Like it's clearly in Unity. Asset like, flip. Asset flip for the most part has that you know that old school like Unity 3D billboarding text mm-hmm. that like it has that in there. I was like, yo, this is Unity. And and it's clearly like was made by like one dude, but let me tell you something, bruh. <laughs> even though you know it is tr- like a low rent game, you're in the living room with all your friends standing around you, laughing mm-hmm. at you, mm-hmm. son. That thing will it send you. you. Like, yeah. I, I. It's crazy. Maybe Steve, you remember that, but like, it's. And I remember one of our roommates was like, man, I'm not scared of this. This is not going to make me jump. This is not going to make me do nothing. And I was like, okay, cool. And <laughs> put it on him. <laughs> this man swinging in the air. Like, it's <laughs> legit. It is, it's, I got one video. Our, you one know, of maybe our friends I'll drop came it in over. <laughs> one of our friends came over. We had a bunch of people over, and we were all taking turns playing it. And one guy, I kid you not, was like, jumped up in the air, like straight up in the air. And landed, and his knees went out, and he just oh, fell no. on the ground. <laughs> yeah, I it's, missed I mean, it. Terrible. I walked it was carpet. The it was fine. He was all right. Yeah, but was okay. it was so funny. He was resilient. He was young. Yeah, young, man. <laughs> young buck. Yeah, that's, that's the crazy thing about VR, man, is that I agree that the, the closer they try to make it, make things real, that the more they're going to fail. But even even the most lousy experiences like imagine if that was just a game you played like on your playstation yeah it'd be trash because but there's something convincing i guess Mm -hmm. about it being like right up in your face and it's like you are here you know it's not real but yeah it's crazy what immersion can do i heard ted somewhere that like the brain man it's, it's almost like i guess how dreams work where the brain like can't distinguish imaginary from real when things Mm -hmm. are like based based on proximity or something like that like since it's so close because you can't like you escape you can escape vr easily right by taking off the headset but it's like that's not your first instinct because yeah you're in this world now and so you got to figure out what to do in this world it's insane right right. yeah like like there's a there's a study that there's been done um where basically they'll take people who are say like say a, a racist person right who doesn't like black people hey i'm black and no oh, no they don't like me so what they do is they make them read a book about a black person or watch a movie about a black person right mm-hmm. and they learn they found that somebody reading or watching something sometimes was so uh like your brain kind of takes it almost as if it's your experience mm. that if, if a person who was extremely racist watched one movie that was like a biopic or read one book that was a biopic, you could, they're, say, racist or whatever their bent of, you know, negativity would go mm-hmm. down a little bit just from that one experience. They'd so start they would to, lose prejudice, basically? Yeah, they would lose prejudice or ch- their their view would change, alter a little bit post their experience, huh. how they viewed that race or you know, maybe people who are gay or people who are X, you know, whatever you want to, they did it on a lot of different things. But it's so interesting how something that isn't real per se, quote unquote, a book or a movie can still affect our brain 
on a very real level. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's crazy. Man, and in, in those experiences, I'm, I'm sure it's like tapping into things like empathy. And then, yeah, if, if you're putting yourself in their shoes, then it's like when, when something happens to you, it feels so much more real. Mm-hmm. And so even even ridiculous things like Beat Saber, I think, is novel. But it's like it, it convinces you that you're playing the music and that you're swinging these these mm-hmm. lightsabers and like you're, you're in control of things and it's like it hijacks all yeah. those different sensations so that's crazy but it makes sense i want to make a vr game that just turns everyone the same color so you literally Which color? see color it'll, it'll be like some like non-human color but so everybody everybody sees like the same color, like they're blue or green <laughs> yeah. or something like that. So then, the only so, reviews is I want to change my color. So then the, the racist <laughs> people will be like, I don't see color anymore. That's oh, no. that's the even game. That's even <laughs> well, if it's VR, they don't see their own color, do they? Yeah, you would see your hands. Your hands would also be blue. Give them gloves. I, I feel like that's like. Hey, yeah, you chose I, a color. You said blue. <laughs> <laughs> I said blue earlier. You did? Oh, some non-human <laughs> color, and then I said blue non-human yeah so i had an interesting experience so this is like what where like vr to me is kind of struggles is where i don't know if you guys have ever had a vr experience where it's instead of like a video game because i mean there's a whole conversation we can have about why video games are the primary you know use of vr right now but there's many many reasons but one of the reasons uh ways that's been used a lot is like for like movies and educational things. Mm-hmm. So one time I went to the Underground Railroad Museum in, I believe, was it Kentucky? I can't remember. Um, or Cincinnati, somewhere. So anyway. Uh, Man, you know they don't have VR in Kentucky. <laughs> so I, I, I went to the, the Underground Railroad Museum and they had just opened up the VR experience, the... Uh, Rosa Parks VR experience. Now, I ha- the reason I was at this the museum was because I was waiting for this wedding stuff and I had a lot of time and I was like, yo, I really want to check this out and I have like eight hours to kill. This would be a great place to go. I literally spent eight hours in there. It was an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. If you haven't, check out the Underground Railroad Museum. It is so incredible. But anyway, Rosa Parks experience. So I paid a little bit extra to do it, like $15. Oh my gosh. Cause okay. I mean, they they sold it to me as if this is a, an experience. Man, no, nothing against them. <laughs> but it was just some kids sitting at a table and they had some like bus seat, not even bus seats, just some chairs. And they had them like in the corner and the kids were on their phone, not paying no attention. And I walk okay. up, I say, hey, I got a ticket. He's like, oh, you want to do this? <laughs> like, oh, he was, was surprised. Like, yeah. And he's like, okay, give me a second. Hey, Chris. And Chris like, yeah. He's like, yo, get the thing going. So they go get it. And it's just the thing that I have at home, which I can't remember right now. The Oculus, whatever. And For your phone? Huh? The phone one. Bruh. Oh, the phone wow. their phone. And they give you headphones that are like... Over the ear, I was like, man, these things look so nasty. But anyway, Ugh. I put them over my head. I put it on. And I think the most disappointing part about it was that it wasn't a 3D experience, like a video game or something Bruh. like that. 
it was just a movie and I was just watching it and I was just sitting there. It was one of those like 3D, like. 3D, so you can still turn around and look yeah, at Yeah, like uh, the okay. Google, you know, maps camera kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The whole 360 camera. So I was sitting there, but I couldn't move. Number one, I was just re just reliving the experience of Rosa Parks, which was cool. And, you know what it was. But the thing is, video looks so terrible. Uh. Right in vr like you'd have to have the most like 12k or something because <laughs> mm-hmm. your eyes just see every pixel it looks the colors are washed out you know the sound was fine i had no issue with the sound but it just felt like i was just watching a movie with headset on and my face was plastered next to a screen and i was so disappointed you know i'm like don't do Man, this you know that stinks so were you dollars disappointed were you rosa parks in the no, I was just a bystander, I believe. Oh. I, I don't think I was really. You weren't were the, the main character. To move. Yeah, I was like in the middle <laughs> seat or something. Uh, like, Now, that would be pretty interesting to be on that side of things. Like, you're the villain yeah. in yeah. this scenario. It's like you just sat there and the bus driver yelled at her. And it was, you know, so I don't know. It's like, I feel like there's not every experience needs to be in VR. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I don't know how y'all feel about that. It feels like yeah. it's like one of those things that people are going to just be like, oh, let's make everything VR. Go to the car wash. Put this VR headset on. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of that, that gimmick, I guess, like kind of what Steve was talking about earlier, having like having the maps and stuff and those 3D rotations. You know, it's cool, but it's like once VR headsets that can do that on a whim are affordable, would you still strap on a headset versus just pull up maps on your phone? Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, I don't know if Brad saw this, but there was this thing going around. I know Kyle saw it where apparently I don't think this is actually what it was. But at the time, the story was that Walmart was like releasing. Oh, yes. Yeah, a that. proof of concept for a virtual storefront. Mm. Did you hear? Did you see this, Brad? Sounds vaguely familiar, but no. Oh, man. So apparently this came out years ago. But it only became popular like in the last couple of months because of Facebook or because of Meta. The Metaverse. Meta. Metaverse. But yeah, it's uh, it's pretty abysmal. Um, it's basically just this like walkthrough of a scenario where somebody's shopping at Walmart, but it's in VR, and mm-hmm. so you're watching this person like look around, and the shopping cart doesn't move. Everything just stays still. And you can like you can reach out and pick stuff off the shelf and put it in your cart, and it rings you up based on what's in your cart. And this really obnoxious like two D like Cortana looking avatar girl popped up. She didn't look like Cortana, but she was like showing up. You know, not Cortana. She was showing up in the corner like uh, Clippy. What's her face from Borderlands Two? <laughs> oh, Angel. Aerith? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Aerith. That's from- uh, was it Angel? Not Angel. That's close. I don't uh, remember. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> you know, basically this this avatar, which is clearly just the girl they recorded talking, but, you know, she's like, did you know that this is on sale? And you can, it like, you instead yeah. of moving your shopping cart around the, the 3D store, they basically moved the store around you. So, like, Oh. She'd be like, "All right, let's go to the electronics section," and all the shelves would go underground, and new ones would pop up. And yeah, like the scene in the Matrix with the with the weapons. Okay. 
Yes, it looked like exactly like that, except way, way worse. Really <laughs> so bad. much worse. Like it was low poly assets. It was low really poly bad. assets. And this, you and couldn't. This is a like proof I said, of you concept? can't move around. Huh? This is a proof of concept. I guess so. Yeah. It looks like it was officially licensed by Walmart, though. Yes, mm. it was the Walmart thing. Like the hit detection. Like the person who was doing the experience was struggling to pick up the milk, and they oh, left it yeah. in. That was <laughs> like, so funny. Yeah, like in this POC. They were fumbling with the milk, and I cracked up. It's like, you can't show how bad this interface no. is in your proof of concept. So so, so so what was it? Was it supposed to replace something? What, what was it? Uh, there's no context. I have no idea. It we seemed also... like they wanted it to be an immersive shopping experience. Right. Because she was talking about stuff like, oh, we, we can detect on your smart fridge that you already have this item, but it's going to expire on this date. And I think that's why that it like suggested the milk. But oh, then, yeah, it did but then it was the like, milk. but then it was, she was like, "Well, I can see you already have some, so do you want to put this item back?" And then that's why they were fumbling with it because they were trying to get it out of their cart, but they couldn't move oh, the yeah. cart, so they had to like reach over. But it was re- virtual reality, so it was like, "Where are the bounds?" <laughs> it was, it was just super awkward. Wait, it wait, was wait, bad. How can you have a more immersive shopping experience than, <laughs> than just going to the store and shopping? Exactly. I, I don't understand exactly. why this you know is about people. You know, it's a really great alternative to physically going to a store and like <laughs> picking out stuff. Going on a website and just scrolling through items you want and clicking add to cart and clicking <laughs> checkout. Nobody has time for that, Steve. Th- this this is exactly why I think like motion controls never worked in video games. Mm. Because you misunderstand why people, what people who gamers are and what their goal is right mm-hmm. like my goal when i play video games i'm sorry is not to do physical activity <laughs> like, <laughs> my goal is to sit myself on the couch to play some game and veg out for a little bit enjoy myself i'm sorry i mean some people enjoy working out you know you know bless those people bless their hearts and their souls i'm not one of those people and i think that like the virtual reality sometimes doesn't understand that nobody's trying to do something that's going to make their life more difficult, like right. to do a thing well, in virtual reality. You know, what I'm that's saying? not strictly true. Well, that's not. Yeah, that's not strictly true, especially with games. Some sometimes the draw of the game is that you're using your whole body. But to your point, you don't want to shoehorn that effect or that side effect into games that aren't that is where that isn't the point. Like if you're playing. Uh, let's say Legend of Zelda and you just want to run around killing people and fighting moblins and collecting jewels I don't want to have to be fumbling with the sword like I just want to push a button like the fighting should be intuitive it should be fast it should be effortless swinging that Wii remote yeah (laughs) if you're bowling if you're bowling then yeah give me fun motion controls and let me bowl you know, uh, the Joy-Cons are great. Some of those 1-2 uh, Switch minigames on the mm-hmm. Nintendo Switch are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Some of the them are super Rumble goofy. Next level. Yeah, some of them are super goofy, but some of them are legitimately, like, really fun. Um, I think that calls out partial- a, a, mm-hmm. a point, like, with all motion, like, in games, is that when they're like, at the heart of them, like recreating a simulation of something that you couldn't necessarily do like Mm -hmm. swinging the Wii remote to swing a sword at monsters. I get it. 
swing a re- swinging a re remote to jump across a gap or something doesn't make any sense. And they've done that multiple times in the shovelware. Like I think the Indiana Jones game or something did that. It was really <laughs> weird. But then, so like doing that stuff in VR makes sense too. And so like scenario based games, and I think Brad, you mentioned it earlier, like the educational stuff where I know they use it like uh, for firemen, maybe police or something, where they put them in like real life scenarios and they're interacting with that stuff. But it's like a safe environment. Yeah, like yeah. that stuff I think is where motion in games shines, especially in VR. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think it has to like. It, it goes back to the, the like you know what we were talking about in learning games other things it's like you can't just shoehorn this stuff on everything it has to really make sense like yeah like bowling makes sense to have motion controls because in a bowling game you want to feel connected you want to feel like there's skill involved and like since like bowling is just like seeming on a controller is kind of like a more of like a it would feel weird right it's like okay. it'd be like mario golf where you have gauges and yes mm-hmm. and exactly. timers and you have to push the buttons at the right time and it's like cool i just swung a golf club mm-hmm. but it's not really buttons. about playing golf it's about playing mario golf like it's you're not mimicking you're not like you're not like oh man i'm a better golfer now that i've played mario golf like you're like right, i'm right. a better mario golf player now that i've played mario golf you know yeah like i'm saying i'm saying that motion controls lend themselves better to say a golf game yeah yeah then buttons do yeah and my my point is that it has to be something that has like a direct one-to-one correlation to movement that makes sense right you know like boxing makes sense bowling tennis physical activity for the most part even i don't even i'm not even mad at them for having motion controls in uh what you call it skyrim uh, sky uh, skyrim skyward sword <laughs> um, <laughs> um no, i was serious but please go on but yeah like i, I don't like because that makes sense like that's a physical thing i think the problem is does it enhance the experience or does it hinder it right like mm-hmm. now i'm fighting the motion controls instead of like <laughs> fighting the enemy i mean honestly i to this yeah. day i say this a lot i think that Twilight, uh, not Twilight Princess, uh, Skyward Sword is the hardest Zelda game because you're fighting the enemy and the motion control. I'm That's telling a shame. you, the, the Lizalfos in this one dungeon, legitimately, they were a boss fight to me. Like, <laughs> I had to really go in there and be like, all right, all right, we got this, we got this. You know, and I'm just getting worked by these little lizards that are making that little noise, right? And then one time, two of them jumped in the room and I was like, I gotta run. <laughs> like, I had to flee. So, in that scenario, it isn't necessarily, like, the concept of the motion controls that Mm -hmm. takes away from the game. It's the fact that the implementation wasn't good enough to, like, Mm -hmm. meet that standard. Yes. And 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 I've heard mm -hmm. that people who play Skyward Sword on the Switch with the gyro controls from, uh, not gyro, with the Joy-Con that have better, like, more precise motion is apparently better. Huh. Unsurprising. Not to mention, they gave you the option to just not use motion controls Yo, just, and to which just is use what they have done from the start. Yeah, son, if they had just let me turn off, I probably would have beat that game. <laughs> <laughs> well, now now is your time, man. If man, you want to play on the Switch, I'm not paying them to play a game that make me angry. I'm gonna beat it on the the Wii, the way it was designed. <laughs> just, just to spite them for making such them. a terrible <laughs> motion control <laughs> game. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna play this game you made. <laughs> I hate it. So like, I always, I always bring up Metroid Prime. So in the first Metroid, first two Metroid Prime games were on GameCube, and they had a pretty bonkers control scheme. 
because uh, it's on the GameCube and like they didn't want to use the normal like twin stick configuration for shooters and it was kind of wild. Uh, but then the third game came out on the Wii and it used motion controls for the, uh, well, it wasn't really motion controls per se. It was mostly just pointing point controls and it was really good. Uh, it felt awesome. Like it felt, I, I, it made it that much more immersive. And then they actually re-released the first two games on the Wii as well. And they added, they backported the motion controls into the first two games. And that's the only way I play now. I've played that game. I played that trilogy multiple times with the motion controls. Like it's so much fun. But there's not a lot of. I mean, the Wii, the Wii is good because it's literally like a pointer in your hand. I feel like it might not work as well for a normal controller that has gyro aiming. I do like gyro aiming, but the Wii mode was something special. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think winning. Yeah, I think the thing is like. It makes sense in those games, right? Prime, because pretty much you're playing a light gun game. If you if you were to break it down, like oh, like True. I'm shooting at the screen, and my arm is kind of just my arm, right? So it kind yeah, of feels. Your arm right. is literally the gun. So yeah. it makes perfect sense. Like, and that's they got lucky almost <laughs> on that one. But like when like even when I think about VR, like I think about it as like like I'm I'm playing a game. Like say take Skyrim in VR, right? I mean, th- there's like so many issues with vr as a whole when you try to just put it in gaming like oh i'm gonna make it a game i'm this this is the best way to do it like like the first thing to note is like vr only really simulates the upper portion of your body at this point right so you're literally just your hands in your face right Mm -hmm. so everything else is kind of like disconnected you're not feeling anything which is fair you're not even necessarily feeling thing with your hands per se unless it has like a haptic feedback or something but like i feel like they try to like put games that kind of fundamentally are kind of full body experiences and you just feel a little weird and then there's the big issue of just motion in vr right Ooh. like the the big problem that like, well, maybe it'll get better over time. Maybe they'll find a way to fix it. But it plagues it at this moment. Like, if you're somebody who gets kind of motion sick playing first-person shooters on a screen, man, your life is done in VR. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, it it also changes. So, usually in a game, especially in shooters, like, movement isn't really the focus. Like, you kind of take it for granted that to get from point A to point B, you just point the thumbstick in that direction, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's about traversal. It's about, uh, you know, how to like defend yourself from enemies on the way there. You're not really worried about the act of movement, but suddenly in VR, everything's about, you have to worry about movement. And a lot of VR games try to solution this by having like a teleport, mm-hmm. which the games that I've played, it's very disorienting. Um, and I played both the ones that cut to black when you teleport and the ones that just move you to the spot. And to be honest, I don't, I think it's a little bit like it takes longer to get sick from it than a constant moving, but you still get sick after a while Hmm. because it's just so, it's just, it's just so disconnected from what you're actually doing. And so I've, I've pretty much avoided all experiences that, that, involve a lot of moving because like the swaying especially in shooting games when you're swaying left and right and tracks your head movement 
yeah, yeah. that stuff feels really good. But I, like you were saying, I, when you have to traverse an area, uh, it, it just falls apart. Wait, Kyle. Yeah. I, I have a question because you kind of were saying that you're kind of a fan of VR, right? Like, mm-hmm. if, like, what do you like about, not not that we hate VR, like, clearly me and Steve kind of are more like, eh, you know what I'm saying, in general. Mm-hmm. Like, what makes you a fan? Like, I, I just, it's hard for me to really feel like at this point in time in history that VR is something, unless you have, like, buku bucks to throw at right. it, like, it just doesn't feel like the type of thing, in my personal opinion, I, I can share more about it, but, like, why... I don't, I don't. Yeah, so I I don't have an argument. Like I couldn't. I don't think I could convince anyone to purchase VR. Uh, I think the experiences are very limited right now. A lot of them are kind of the same in a lot of ways. So no, I don't have a convincing argument to get somebody into VR. I mm-hmm. personally, I think I just like the novelty of it. Like you, mm-hmm. what sure. what exists in VR now, you can't get anywhere else. And so that's why I like it. And so, you know, the same reason why we play certain genres of games, I think that even genres of games that exist on console take on a different light in VR. Um, So like first person shooters, sure, they feel good on console, but I'm 10 feet away from a screen with something in my hands. And so even a shooting range in VR, to me, is just so much more involved than a first person shooter. I don't think it's at the point yet where it feels all that great, but I like where it's headed. I think, yeah, yeah, for sure. I, what I was trying to say earlier about traversal, what you were saying about motion sickness is definitely true. What I meant was just that like people are shoehorning VR retroactively into other games. Mm-hmm. And it's a problem because those games were were designed, the levels were designed around the idea that you could just walk, and now you can't just walk, mm-hmm. or you have to teleport or whatever. That's true. Now, it, on the other hand, some games have been made from the ground up with VR in mind, and usually they uh, they are designed, they try to design around those issues. So, like, Alex has, I think it has the teleport, and it also has the... The walking, like you can choose which one to do, or you can do both or something. Mm-hmm. But from what I understand, like people seem to really like it. There probably aren't lots of long hallways and open spaces. It's probably a lot of, you know, corridors and stuff. And like Boneworks, I know, is a lot of corridors. Um, or I think it is. I guess I don't know anything, but uh, I think part of what will make VR eventually good is. Triple A studios building games from the ground up with VR in mind mm-hmm. and designing around those problems. One of the Coupled games better hardware. One of the game genres that I actually haven't experienced in VR that I heard was very like surprisingly good was 3D platformers. And the reason why really? people said it was good was because you can um, you can navigate the space. From that distance, you know, because the camera is usually pulled out on uh, 3D platformers. So whenever you're in the VR space, it's usually like a diorama where you can see mm-hmm. the space from all angles. You can walk around it. Maybe you could spin it around. But it just, I guess, again, to the point about, you know, it being in VR just kind of revitalizes whatever the, the genre is. It, oh. it just takes on a different form. And, and I was actually going to mention this. I think one of the biggest problems that VR deals with is 
is sometimes people think about it as it has to be me, the player, right? Like I'm the protagonist, right? Mm -hmm. I'm holding the sword. I'm holding the gun. Like you can do the, like the diorama, the God game. I mean, if you think about most games that are third person anyway, at the end of the day, you're not really playing the character. You're controlling the character. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? And I think like VR, yeah, like that's where you're the you're the camera, you know, like you the 3D person are the camera and you're controlling them via the, the controls feels like a much better experience. Matter of fact, there's a game, I cannot recall its name, but it's like people said it's one of the best VR games that's ever been made is exactly what uh, Kyle is mentioning. It's like you're just playing a 3D, I don't think it's a 3D platformer per se, but it's a 3D game where you move around the environment and you're just the camera. And they say it's like so incredible because it's super immersive, like you're in the world, you're experiencing it and you don't really get the motion sickness because it's not you moving. You know, it's like the world is just kind of moving, like just moving around you, I guess you could say like and and they just did a perfect balance of it. And I feel like yeah. there's too many games like, oh, yeah, like I'm going to hold the sword and I, you know, like like right. nah, some, sometimes that's not you know, what's fun in a game, you know, like you don't have to be first person, you know, to be good, you know. And I think it hits a similar dynamic that AR games do where, you know, AR allows you to still be a a pretty comfortable spectator where, like you said, you know, most VR games put you in the driver's seat even when it's not the most optimal experience. And so, yeah, these ones where you're just the camera, it gives you much more liberty to take things at your own pace because especially in combat heavy VR games, you have to constantly be moving in order to not take damage or something. And, you know, without the haptic feedback, which I hear people are kind of divided on, like who wants to feel like they're being shot or stabbed. I understand <laughs> that. But, but sure want to feel that stabbing. My best <laughs> favorite part of the game. Love this stabbed. haptic vest is laced with blades. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that? until we get there, even even if that stuff maybe doesn't come, I don't know. It's still going to feel disjointed whenever you're in that first person experience one way or another. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's it's just it, it, one thing that I think will, will, is probably holding VR back the most is the myopic fo- focus on gaming and even... uh. Like, like if you think about like other mediums that have like just, you know, movies or video or writing or whatever, like it's kind of like you're creating the best thing for that medium, right? Irrelevant of what it is, right? Like, oh, I'm going to write poems. That's a great way to write something. I'm going to write short stories. I'm going to write books. I'm going to write this. Like, I'm going to make games. I'm going to make them about shopping. I'm going to make them about shopping. Sorry. I'm going to make them about fighting people. (laughs) I'm going to make them about, you know, uh, hard decisions. Like, you're going to make the best game for the platform if you think about Mario 64 versus, you know, Super Mario, you know, 2 or whatever. Like, they're the best game for their platform, right? Mm -hmm. They're the best experience for their platform. And I feel like, the problem is we're kind of stuck in this world where we're trying to, like Steve said, port things over. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I want to make the coolest game in VR. Like, why not just make the best VR whatever it is? Experience. Experience. Yeah. Like, focus on that. Take out the all our, you know, misconceptions or whatever we think and all the, 
things that we bring from other things and just make like like in y'all's mind what do you think is the the best vr experience that like i guess you know you're not in it day in and day out but what do you think would like really really resonate in vr if you could think of something because i don't know i i mean i can i can shoot because i have ideas but yeah let's hear them yeah like one thing for me that i always think about is that like vr like you know going back to the terrible game (laughs) where it was terribly made but it made you scare scared me personally and scared everybody honestly is didn't scare me (laughs) didn't scare me i wasn't (laughs) shook um like steve is clearly a sociopath so (laughs) Um, that's true sociopaths are known for not ever being scared as he says it in a very like matter of fact voice <laughs> like we're not scared to kill we sociopaths are not scared <laughs> we feel no fear or remorse but um i don't know i think any like i always think about this idea of like telling a narrative inside like you're you are sitting in a room like imagine the creation story for example and you're just watching it happen around you right like and it's a 3D world, not a video. I don't want no videos. I want a 3D world with its own artistic yeah. style. And as God creates light, you see light appear in the distance, like far away from you. And as it comes towards you and then he's creating the earth and then you, you know, you're on earth and you're seeing it happen around, like something where you're kind of immersed in an experience. It's more of a, it's not a game. It's mm-hmm. not, it's, it's more of maybe I guess a movie, but more of an interactive tale that you might not even be able to do anything. You may be able to touch the stars or grab animals and pet them or something, but it has to really make sense to that, that uh, thing. So, so to me, I feel like experiences where you're completely surrounded by something happening, the world changing, the you know, like maybe I want to experience what it would be like to be in space. I've heard there's some really cool space, you know, simulators, but like not just, oh, I want you to scientifically know where the North Star is or something. It's more of like, how can I make you feel like you're in a place, you know, beyond like, oh, I want you to have the most interactive experience. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. That's to me the, the, the virtual reality experience. Something that almost your mind will make up the gaps, right? Like when you're reading a book, you hear the characters talking, you know? Like, how can you use VR to, I don't know, create, to allow the the player, (laughs) the player, the experiencer to to use a little bit of imagination and enjoy that experience, I don't know. And music, I think music is key as well. I think- Yeah, the sound design, yeah. Sound design has to be key. That's my, I can agree with that because I actually did watch the majority of, if not an entire VR movie that was for free on the quest. And it, it, it pretty much had all the elements you were mentioning. It was it was an animated movie about these birds. I have no idea what they were doing. I don't remember. <laughs> now, the, the story to me wasn't very interesting. But birds ex- will be birds. Yeah. <laughs> they were birds. That's up. the name of it. Birds will be birds. <laughs> <laughs> Just birds. They were called un- unhappy birds. Uh, <laughs> That's unhappy. And and so one of the things that was interesting about it to me is, you know, I, I do my best in stuff like that because it was pretty early when I got my quest. I did my best to try to break the movie. And so 
uh, obviously <laughs> there, there's a place that it wants you to look. And mm-hmm. so I would on purpose look away from that place and try to find the seams in the experience and the breakdowns and the transitions. And in some in some ways I was successful. Like I would see when things would phase in and out of existence because I wasn't supposed to be looking in the in the right I was supposed to be looking in that direction. And so it didn't for me, that's the type of experiences that I like in VR is things where I have complete control. I I like urgency in a game as much as anyone else, but if something's happening around me and I can just kind of um what's the word? Just observe everything mm-hmm. and see the little nuances. Yeah. Because I think that's also a breakdown of like what we're talking about. Ported games, they're built with something in mind already. And a lot of the textures and the things that happened were built because you were going to stay on a a linear path. And you could only see certain things when you played the game in its original state. And so, so yeah, when these experiences are built, I guess, more grand. And then you can navigate within a space. I think that's where the... My favorite experiences have been so far. I've got one. All right. So you just you just inspired me, Kyle. Uh, You're welcome. <laughs> You're my inspiration. You know how these RPGs, these RPGs are all about choices, right? And you can build up your different stats. You know, you can become a smooth talking rogue thief who can pick locks and talk his way out of anything. And like the game will literally give you different dialogue options in order to you know, fulfill your different skills and give you different ways to solve problems and interact with characters and so on and so forth. Follow me so far. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how cool would it be if on top of that, or you had a game that did that stuff, but also um, hid options in the way that you observe the world. So imagine you're in a situation where you and your two I don't know, compatriots are about to, uh, you know, it's the dead of night and you and your two friends are about to go and storm this, like, this castle, right? You know, so you're trying to break in and steal the MacGuffin and get away without getting killed. Mm -hmm. And so your two guys are, your two friends are arguing and most games, maybe they would have you focus on the two, two guys arguing and you have to pick the right dialogue options based on your stats and your skills. And, you know, your, your player intuition, thank you, you know, you have to pick the right dialogue options in order to like stop the argument or make whatever outcome you want happen. Now imagine that you can do that if you watch them and you see their, you see their facial reactions and Uh maybe, you know, oh, one's lying because you're paying close attention to seeing what he's saying and Mm -hmm. how he says it. And then you can say, actually, I don't think you're telling the truth. Or you can look around and see that you're about to be ambushed by the castle guard who saw you earlier and are making their way slowly across the moat on the other side. And if you see them early enough, you can alert your friends and stop the ambush. And so, like, depending on what you do, the options change. So yeah. are you a so are you a character? You're a character in the experience. This is a game. first person game. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You're a character. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah, that that type of dynamic, I think, is yeah definitely what virtual reality should be used for because you do have you always have that three sixty view, and so just living in the real world, like I think we mentioned earlier, that reality, you know, there's an expectancy that even though I'm looking this way, doing something this way, that something should be going on behind me, and 
if I'm curious enough, I can look back there and see what it is. Uh, but you also made me think of something else that I think is really missing from most VR experiences. Like when you were talking about, you know, conversations and dialogue, like in a lot of ways you can, a lot of games you can choose what to say sort of and have options. But like mm -hmm. if there was some sort of speech to text or text to speech, I think in a game like that, then oh. that would be the next level where you were actually talking to the characters in the games. Because one of the most uh, popular VR games that I know of right now is VR Chat. And it's because I think it fulfills pretty much everything that has been a disparity in VR, exper VR experiences so far, which is you're in an MMO pretty much. It's not, you know, you're not trying to level up and stuff, but there's other people around. It's all voice chat. They have their different avatars. Some of, some of those people have full body, you know, tracking while other people just have their headsets. But, you know, the the models that they use figure out what their feet are supposed to be doing based on where they're looking, if they're supposed to be sitting. And it's got like all those different boxes that you need to tick for something to feel convincing enough to be a virtual reality space. Mm. And and so, yeah, if, we, if you could somehow get all that stuff into a single player experience, I think you would strike gold. Oh, so maybe a system that maybe when you're talking to somebody, um, instead of having just like options of dialogue or options for like, uh, I feel like in some games they don't give you literal dialogue options. They'll say like, oh, be aggressive mm -hmm. or be calming or something. Imagine if you can just, there's no options. It just, uh, your tone, you just, you just say something and the game will have some list of like a hundred or some ridiculous list of like possible retorts, something that would never fit on a traditional mm -hmm. interface. Right. Mm -hmm. And what, based on what you say, the game will try to match it to one of the pre-existing options. So that way there can still be like, you know, uh, pre scripted, I guess, yeah, under the hoods, you know, responses, but your options are so much greater and it's up to you to discover what they are by trying to say different things. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that I'm still surprised hasn't really been adapted into a game in general is that like there's a lot of AI systems that are trying to create like conversation bots and stuff like that. Like, hey, like like you go to the Walmart website, right? And the guy, you know, you see the little box like, do you want to talk to an agent? Like, no, nah, you're just talking to a bot and you just ask uh -huh. the bot like, how do I fix this? And how do I do this? How do I change my account? And it like just reads your actual written text. It tries to interpret it and then it like responds. Like it's the whole idea of intents, right? Like it's trying to figure out your intent and based on what you're saying and then your subject yeah. matter and your entities, all this stuff that's like AI stuff. But long story short is, it's like an actual conversation, right? It, it really, it really makes a difference. Right. And and you know what really came to mind as I was thinking about what you're saying, Steve and, and Kyle, as you're just like talking, is that the biggest problem I think that VR has is that it's trying to solve a problem before the problem was created. You know what I'm saying? Like, like think about how gaming entered people's lives, right? People play games, right? They play chess, they play cars, right? And then mm -hmm. People in, in a school somewhere, like, you know, nerdy people, our type of people, were like, yo, it'd be cool if we could play, like, uh, like Battleship, but, like, virtually, so we wouldn't have to rebuild, put the, 
the the board game together every time we do it right and they make battleship in a lab and then they share it on a server and then somebody's like oh that's cool and then it just keeps expanding and then somebody's like oh that'd be cool if you could play you know dungeons and dragons in virtual like da 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 like and they just kept doing it and it was like they're trying to solve a problem right like mm-hmm. games kind of solve the problem that people are looking for like wouldn't it be cool if i was a lady who was in the future who had shot electronic dinosaurs with a bow and arrow and i can you know like i'm uh, horizon zero dawn right like it's it's like you're trying to fulfill somebody's imagination and put them in that experience right to play that like what would it be like to be that person what would it be like to do this or that and i feel like vr is doesn't have a problem yet like it's like we have really cool technology Mm-hmm. But we're just trying to figure out where it fits. Maybe we do it in gaming. Maybe we do it in industry. Maybe we make a Walmart simulator that looks like trash. Maybe we make <laughs> the metaverse. Maybe we do weird Bitcoin. Who knows what's next? But it's like right. searching for a solution, you know, for a problem, you know, a solution looking for a problem, you know. And I don't know. I feel like that's it's going to yeah. always be kind of mediocre until it really has a problem to solve you know i think it's so tough because vr i guess inherently is just so open-ended you know like you could if if somebody could even like theoretically physically do it like you can fly in vr right but you can't fly and so so it's like I, i saw a video of somebody doing um graffiti in vr the other day did one of you guys post that i saw that somewhere but uh, I think it was, I think me and you saw it, Kyle. I don't think Brad saw it. But it was like this hyper-realistic simulation of spray paint on a wall. And I guess it looks really cool. I guess it was it's a graffiti artist, but the, the barrier that having this, I guess, simulation broke was that, first off, he didn't actually go and paint on a wall, potentially get in trouble. But like you mm-hmm. can see what he was seeing in the headset. And so he had like just an infinite amount of colors at his disposal. He didn't have to grab a ladder to spray paint the top of the piece. You know, he could move as far away from or as close to it as possible. He wasn't limited by physical space. There weren't any cars driving down the road. There weren't any people like. And so it's just crazy. Like, I guess the the amount of possibilities to go along with, like you were saying, solving that problem. It's like, you know, what what do you solve for? Like, Where do you what direction do you head? Because cause everything, as of right now, it seems like it's on a level playing field as far as interaction because nobody knows the reason someone would flock to virtual reality. That hasn't been discovered. I Yeah, I do think that... when I was going to bring that up too. I think one strength of virtual reality would be... I was complaining earlier about the Walmart... UI, right? I'm like, it's better just be on the website. It's better to just go in person. Like either of those two is better than having this janky 3D space. However, on the other hand, I think something like Photoshop or, you know, other other like drawing programs could have really cool and really intuitive and like easy to use mm-hmm. interspa- interfaces in a 3D space or um, architecture programs. You know, any any like 3D CAD, anything with creation, especially in a 3D space, that's harder on a computer because it's a 2D screen. I mean, 
That's pretty cool. That's maybe it would be in the realm of AR again, but I think that's close enough to VR to count. Yeah, yeah. and even like a a virtual workspace with mo- multiple screens, then you don't have actual screens yeah. in your house. You just put on the headset and you can have 50 screens, you know. Yeah, if it, if it could really augment, you know, like make what you're doing but like, yeah, like, oh, instead of you buying 10 monitors, you know, for your house, right? And you have to pay for them. Like you said, you have 10 monitors and you use your actual keyboard in real life, right? Mm-hmm. But, and you use your mouse, but you have like an extended ex- display. That'd be really cool. Yeah. I've never thought about that. Like, like, why not just use it as a pro- productivity tool, right? Something that, you, you know, you were talking about the, the VR chat game or, or mm-hmm. whatever that was. Like, even that is like, makes a lot of sense because it's like, for people, we're stuck in a virtual world as it is. COVID definitely is exasperated oh, yeah. that. But like any way that we can have a connection with people more closely, and you know, I've never played a multiplayer experience in VR or multi-person experience at all. But I can only imagine how much more "quote unquote" immersive it feels to talk to your friend in yeah. virtual reality than it is to do it via text you know like steve was saying like oh yeah like why am i going to go to a more subpar experience instead of just going to the walmart website like why not start focusing on things that are more amplified that are better you know i i think it's one of those things where the big problem is that money hasn't really flooded itself into the vr industry yet right Mm -mm. like the reason that we have like such incredible games is because somebody said yo son we can make a lot of money off of this right right so we're going to pump 100 million into making a game because we're going to make 500 million and like until we have that adoption of VR in a way like that could hit more of a mass audience, you know, like I feel like we're going to be hindered on our experiences because it's always going to be kind of avant-garde, right? Somebody who has extra money to throw at a thing, yeah. but it's never going to be like, you know, EA or Activision really throwing their money, you know, at it. And it seems like the ones that are putting money into it, a lot of it is still going into research. Because mm-hmm. if you just search VR, a lot of peripherals come up and a lot of attachments come up, a lot of like advancements in the screens and the sounds and the uh, the haptic feedback of if you have the controllers, I guess they're called, or if you actually wear the gloves. People are actually trying to make like these full body suits. And it's like... I. I don't. I don't know. Like, what is it going to take for them to re like divert that money? I guess into just making the experience itself alluring enough to kind of justify these extra things, or do they think that all these peripherals and attachments is what's going to push it over the edge? Let, let me let me ask you a question, Kyle and and Steve. What makes you buy a video game console? Hmm. Hmm. I'll, let you, I'll let you know after I buy the PS5. <laughs> I mean, so what, scarcity. What, <laughs> scarcity. But but really, you know the answer. The answer is software, mm-hmm. right? Like, without something to buy that's worth it. Like, if I could get the experience that a PS5 could give me anywhere else, I would go to anywhere else. Especially right? if it was cheaper. Especially if it was cheaper, you know, and I didn't have to go through the crazy process that I had to go to to get it, right? Um like, why would I do it? And I think that's the thing. VR still hasn't, 
given us something that truly you cannot experience anywhere else. You know, like yeah. I can talk to my friends in real life. I can, right. you know, like there's there's just something that it, it it's trying too hard to be like reality. Mm-hmm. You know, it has to like uh, Kyle. Was it you who shared the MMO that like? Oh, yeah. What was yeah. it called? I can't, I can't remember what it was Zenith called. or something like Zenith. that. Zenith. Zenith. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think that's a system seller per se. But no. I think it's one of those situations where if it was actually good and great and awesome, like and it was an experience that you could not like, wow, like it's it's not even like you don't even call it an MMO. You know, you call it a VR, blah, 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 blah right? Like mm-hmm. it has to be its own thing. Like I'm going to get a PlayStation 6 if they make God of War 4 in the way that they did it this last one because it's such an experience that you cannot experience any other way other than having a pc now hey shout out to pc people but like but at the end of the day the reason you go to most people buy a system xbox or whatever is because there's something there like i feel like that's the problem right yeah i'd agree it's it's not really filling a void and then even when I think this Zenith game, it's it seems like it's firmly planted in a niche within mm-hmm. VR too. So, you know, the demographic of people who would play it just based on the way it looks, I think already narrows down the target audience. Um, because even though, you know, we're really progressive, like so, so Zenith is a game that's very heavily like fantasy based as far as the visuals and, and the gameplay elements you're pretty much anime characters running around and that's not everybody's cup of tea flying around flying around too yeah and so you have wings and and tails and ears cat ears and stuff and you know not everybody's going to be into that so you know that just kind of narrows the market as far as yeah i don't think it's a system seller either because even if it has great gameplay in vr the the thing that hits you first is what you're seeing so mm-hmm. if you don't think what if, if if what you're seeing isn't pleasant to you, then you're not going to go buy that to experience the rest of it. And with the software side of it on these games, I think it's the same thing. You know, there's a draw of it. Maybe it's the gameplay, but, you know, there definitely has to be that hook. And VR just doesn't have VR games, I guess. VR software doesn't have that hook yet. Yeah. I mean, that's what I said earlier, right? I was like, oh, yeah, I'm in the market in the future, so I can play Half-Life Alex. Right. Like, right now, Half-Life Alex is the only game yeah. <laughs> that, I've, that I'm, like, actually lusting after. Like, I really need this game so I can play it. Yeah. But, you, but in a way, it's like, it's a cool thing. Like, oh, man, it'd be awesome to play Half-Life Alex, but it's not going to make you go out to the store, yeah. spend your hard-earned money on that. It's not going to make me spend $1,000 on an index. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, the the desire that you have for it doesn't equate the effort you'll have to put in to get it. Yeah. yeah. Like my uh like I really want to play Returnal. I really want to play um Demon's Soul. Well, I kind of want to play Demon's Souls. You know, I want this there's a couple Oh, uh Deathloop. I don't think it's on PS4. Maybe it is, but there's a few PS5 exclusive games that I want to play, but so far, there aren't enough to overcome a the cost and b the effort yeah. involved with getting one. Yeah, yeah. I I keep thinking to myself like like in like I'm I'm not a futurist. I'm not a person who can like thinks about the future per se. 
but I always think to myself, like, is this, like, because they try to do, I mean, I guess um, Virtual Boy was, like, kind of, sort of, <laughs> like, a take on VR, like, yeah. you know? It was just 3D. It wasn't really, I wouldn't, it, I mean, It was virtual sure, reality, sure. like. It's what they called it. Well, you couldn't, like, you couldn't, you didn't have, like, a free perspective. But, it was literally just a 3D screen. But here's the thing. What is virtual reality other than a virtual reality? It doesn't matter if it's a perspective or anything. It's just. So, MS Paint on Windows no, 2000. No, no. Was... When I say virtual reality, meaning, like, you see another world vert with your eyes, right? Like, have you used the. Uh... So, Mac OS. Have you used the virtual you see what, boy? You see what... Have you used the virtual boy? No, I haven't. I don't I, want to go blind. Yeah, I have used the Virtual Boy, and you won't go blind. You'll get a headache, but but definitively, when you put your eyes in the Virtual Boy, the only thing you experience is the Virtual Boy. There's no other. That's the only reality, right? If I'm playing a video game on my TV, my wife can come up and talk to me, and I can have a conversation and play with her, or talk with her. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think the key fundamental thing about virtual reality is. It removes you from your current reality completely, like in in the sense in a in a visual way, like yeah, it's got to take and, you, and, and that's why. I so think- I feel like that's a really arbitrary thing. You said in a visual way, but that's very convenient because that's the only way that the virtual boy is virtual reality. Because that's the only way I mean, that, that even the Oculus even current, really current is. VR is barely virtual reality that's the only way that oculus is that's the only way that the vive is it's literally a visual no, component it's not just the visual component it's the movement it's the uh they didn't have movement it's the pr- originally it, it's more in the most more recent uh iterations of virtual reality like they like most of the experiences that people have had hasn't been a controller based experience it's been literally just the 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 goggles and yeah. you might touch the goggles themselves that was your your haptic input, right? Like no, but you could still turn your head, and the perspective would try to move with you, right? That's that's a hallmark that, of all these helmets. I think that's just an advancement in virtual reality. Just like nowadays, there's motion controls. It didn't make the Atari any less of a video game system. You know what I'm saying? Like just because it was the earliest predecessor on the the scale, it was the beginning of virtual reality. Maybe not even the beginning, but one of the steps. Right. Right. Oh, for sure. I mean, I get what you're saying about advancements, but then I'm saying I don't think that Virtual Boy was any was a great enough advancement over something like Mac OS when they first introduced an icon-based, you know, for, uh, not Virtual OS, but uh, a, uh, you know, like a virtual space that had buttons that looked like you were moving things between locations. Like, to me, that would be the first virtual reality if you're willing to i think that you should use a virtual boy because i think that you'll you'll go oh now i see why it was such a big deal at the time and why it gives you massive headaches (laughs) but it's like it literally took you like yeah it was like a game right a video game and it was in front of you but the biggest thing is that you were in that that space like you didn't like when i like even a mac os is just a it's just, I mean, it's a computer, right? But like, as far as like the spectrum of what a person who considers virtual reality is, the virtual boy is on that spectrum, but the Mac OS is not, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not, it's not a thing that's going to remove you from your current reality, if that makes sense. The virtual boy does that, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, I think, I think the breakdown of like what makes something like an alternate reality, where whether it's virtual or it's augmented, is that it, 
it hijacks your senses in a way. And so, you know, like computer sc- screens in general don't necessarily do that. They're, they're placed in front of you while something on your head, you know, that takes full advantage of your eyes, your your view, your point of view. And even if it, if it, if it involves your ears, that's, a, I think, a, a deeper level of the immersion into this alternate sure. reality. And so I think that's what makes the distinction between a headset and a screen. I think they're both viable options as far as you're in the virtual ro- world, you're in cyberspace, quote unquote, you're doing things that you can't do in reality, sure, but I don't think that they're in the same plane. And I, I still disagree. I think if you've played any action game, especially like a shooter or something, whether it's on a big screen or a little screen, you know, when you're in the heat of the moment, you're not thinking about the room you're in or the controller in your hand or the headphones on your head. You're completely zoned into the world in the game. I think you can still be immersed without immersed, yeah. being transported. Like, <laughs> I mean, okay. assen- assen- sure. Essentially, you could yeah. say that an ebook is a virtual reality because it's virtual and you can be immersed. But that's not the delineation that a person the parlance of the world the the world that people would use for virtual reality just like video game you would you could maybe say a board game is a game but it's not a video game you know like there's sure the nuance and i'm saying that the virtual boy is a 3d but it's not a virtual reality i I think that's fine i I just think that (laughs) it's it's like it's like it's like somebody talking about virtual. You've experienced virtual reality, so you know the difference between like what it is and what it isn't. And it's like hard to describe to somebody like what it's like to put a sure. virtual reality headside on, right? Like, oh, like you're in the world. It's immersive. Da 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 da. I'm just saying that the virtual boy is what we experience now with the Oculus just on the lowest level like limited it, by the technology of by the time the, yeah of the time right like yeah it, it's it's not good <laughs> it being good doesn't mean that it doesn't fall into that class and, and really i mean maybe if we want to be very very specific really where we are right now is we're in the virtual reality headset realm right like Correct, they yeah. all fall within that right now virtual reality it's kind of like the metaverse. Like it really doesn't mean anything when you think about it. But what people really mean by it is virtual reality headset. You know what I'm saying? And you know the Oculus or the Vive. Like, I mean, I I don't really know where they could go. I mean, in y'all's opinion, like, do you think there's a next step in virtual reality beyond the the ocular sense, the headset, like? And I mean, I guess now it's the haptic, right? Through the controllers. But does it really go any further than that in a re- realistic standpoint? Other than some dude who makes a giant suit where you get stabbed, like <laughs> in a commercial sense. <laughs> do you think that virtual reality goes deeper than the headset or the controller in the long term? I think if I think if a Neuralink, Neuralink thing is ever really perfected, that would probably... Uh be the new virtual reality i don't think they're going to stop until they get something close to that for sure so you think that but yeah i think that's the i I feel like there's steps in between here and there but yeah i definitely think that they're going to work towards they're going to connect you directly like sort out online no screens (laughs) yeah 
I guess I, I forgot about Neuralink, but yeah, that, that feels like the the end, right? The end game of it all. Yeah, because like, that's like your consciousness, right? No, I think the end game is you lose your body and your entire consciousness is living in a digital <laughs> realm. Ooh. That's that's the true virtual reality. Like, you know, you've we've we're past the point where you can no longer tell the difference between real and reality or real and virtual. Now we're at the point where the real world is gone. It's it's you. It is inaccessible. You'll always be. So virtual. your virtual reality is your reality. Yeah. Sword Art Online. That's that's the end game. Ooh. No, that's like Sword Art. That's like. Uh, oh, the you're saying you put your consciousness completely in Sword Art Online. Yeah, that's like the digital dead. You never you know? take it out. See, see, that was the premise. That was the premise of one of the books I read, or one of the premises. Uh, they had virtual reality, like brain dive stuff, and when you died, they would essentially upload you into heaven. Like they had a heaven server, mm. and you could go talk to your dead loved ones. There's um, a show pay about a lot of money. Yeah, uh, sure. a happy place or whatever. I think like when you die, they upload you to heaven, like which is a happy place. I think that's what yeah. it's called. Like, I don't remember the yeah that, that probably was the name of it. It was yeah it was a, it was streaming on one of those. Yeah, I think it's or good place or the good something like that. The good place. Oh, they upload people on that. I thought that was actually heaven. Yeah, like that's the like the premise of it. It's like because you can choose to do that on your yeah. death. Yeah, the good place. Sorry, not the hat. Oh, so they all exist in like the Matrix? I had no idea. It's because like in one hmm. of the first episodes, the guy meets his virtual assistant. Hmm. The same? Are we thinking of yeah, the same show? He, is is it? it I mean, she's real. The main character is a woman. It's a woman, yeah. and then it's like a the virtual assistant. There's a whole bunch of them, but it's like a black dude. Uh, oh, I'm not thinking of the same. Show. Th- there's a whole bunch of them. That's the thing. Like the first episode, yeah, I, I 100% guarantee Kyle does not know what we're talking about. I, if he's talking about on Amazon Prime, then it's probably the good place. In the first episode, is kind of what he's describing. So uh, I can remember. So the first episode, there was this young guy, and he was in a self-driving car. Somebody changed it and made it to where like they weren't supposed to crash, but somebody his girlfriend. His, it was his girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. she mm-hmm. made it. Ha- she hacked it, made it crash to the back of a garbage truck, and he died and woke up in this place. Yeah, so she did that because he didn't want to back up his 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 life virtually, and she basically wanted to force him to do that. But like, it kind of backfired a little bit. Like she was trying to like make him do something, and yeah, so it's the same show then. Yeah, okay, it's the same cool. show. That's the first episode, and then it just goes all over all over the place from there. I think. Me and Julia only got past the first episode. Yeah. That's not surprising. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I think it's like, I think that's like it. Like the the virtual reality is like, in our minds, we're trying to mimic reality. And we kind of went back to this. But it's like, is that what we need right now? Like, is that what people want? Like, like maybe. I think the last two years, people have kind of wanted it. But I think. I think if given the choice between virtual reality or going back to actual society, people will choose society. So, I think I think you're maybe too uh, optimistic. <laughs> He's like, you believe in people too much. Have you seen Facebook? <laughs> Have you seen the metaverse? Have you seen the Walmart shopping VR experience? 
I want to shop at Walmart the rest of my existence. <laughs> Yo, Facebook, aka Meta, is they're really doubling down on this though. They like, really are. They believe in it in a core way because I recently I don't know if y'all seen the commercial for this thing called Workplace. Have no. y'all seen that? It's like sounds familiar. It, it I don't mean to say this this way, but it seems like one of those have you ever seen like a horror movie or or something where there's like a cult and mm-hmm. it shows all these like really happy people like I love being here at Biodyne. It makes me feel so great and it's all these people like talking about how great it is and sure. and it's like check us out at biodyne.com. Like but you don't really know what it is. It's just like, mm. huh. It's like just an introduction to get those people who are intrigued. There's this thing called workplace. And it's like basically that, like, man, are you tired of not having the ability to do what you want to do? And it shows like all these different people in different workplaces and having like personalized things to them, something unique to them that makes them feel special. Like it shows like like a, a doctor with a little pen with a really fuzzy unicorn on top of it. It shows a janitor kind of guy with a shirt that says boss man on it. It's like, you can be yourself in wherever you are when you're working, da, da, da. And it's like workplace. And at the bottom, it says a meta company. And I was like, oh, what is this? Wait, how would a janitor work remotely through virtual reality? See, that's, I don't know. It's, I'm, I haven't really looked into it yet. I just noticed <laughs> that today that it's a meta company. And I was like, what? Like, I thought He's it was the only one that comes in. <laughs> yeah. like nah you still you can wear that because nobody else is around it's just you he's literally the boss man he runs the company yeah. <laughs> he just has to clean up after just, himself yeah I don't know what it is I, I thought it was work day at first you know like the HR oh, system God. thing but I realized yeah, yeah. oh no wait this is a different thing and it's just uh, maybe I'm tripping but I'm pretty sure that's what I saw today when I saw the commercial that uh, sounds like something they would do yeah and I feel like that's Facebook's goal is like to force because they, you know, you ever think about this? Like Facebook has a captive audience, more or less. Oh, yeah. But mm-hmm. I, I wonder if Facebook was like, hey, you know how we'd be giving this to you for free? Instead, you pay $10 a month for it. Like how many people would stick around? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I honestly think there'd be a mass exodus, right? Of course. And I think that they know that their product isn't good enough to pay for but it's good enough to be free <laughs> if that makes yeah. sense like for people to still take your data and sell it um but like i wonder if they're trying to convert a lot of those people who are like facebook people and stuff like that to this metaverse almost like secretly like on the slick like hey check out workplace you can hang out there you know oh I mean, you know like has been They've been kind of notorious for like implementing changes, suffering like a huge backlash, but then just not just going shouldering back. the backlash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah. So I wouldn't be Speaking surprised. Speaking of that, slight slight tangent here. I've often complained about Facebook's mobile site, and over the past like year, it was getting worse and worse. And then I noticed a couple of weeks ago, like, oh, a lot of the issues I have have been fixed, like fixed hmm. really well. I'm like, were they were they working towards a goal this whole time? They were listening. <laughs> Do I need to trust? I hope they were listening. I left very scathing feedback. Just um, you. <laughs> Just were they your working version. towards a goal? Did I have to trust Daddy Facebook the entire time? Daddy Facebook. 
Daddy Facebook. Absolutely not. Do not trust Facebook with anything. Daddy Meta. Daddy Mr. Meta. Book, can I call you Face? Uh, if you wouldn't mind. <laughs> like, Meta Daddy. If, if there's one oh. company you do not want to trust, it's Meta. Like, absolutely not. Yeah. Like, like what kind of yeah. start to a company is stealing someone else's name? Bruh. When you have the money, right? You just sue them to oblivion or you did they them. did they pay them i forgot i, I don't know where that. that sits you know that man is dead sorry i said that <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> i mean whoa you know that man is had his facebook account deactivated he he sent a message hey guys i'm gonna take some time away from facebook <laughs> i'm moving to a country that i have no relationships in i think i'm gonna, gonna get this there. thing figured out with facebook <laughs> i'm moving to the south pole <laughs> For long-term research. <laughs> and, you know, We're don't still worry. in conversations. <laughs> Communications with Don't Facebook worry if you don't hear from me. Day. It's because that's the best thing for the research. That's what happened. <laughs> Did you know that if the Earth is flat, there is no South Pole? Mm, it's just up pole? Or it's left pole? Right pole? It's just the outer rim. <laughs> oh, so that means definitively that there is no South Pole. Definitively. We, we because the Earth is flat. Oh. No. So we're we're not going to go down that route because none of us are ready for that. Um, I'm ready. I'm not. I stay ready. He stays ready. I redact my statement. He's Reggie. Ready. He's always ready. His body's ready. But um, I don't know. Okay, I guess like as we're wrapping up, like, what do y'all think about the metaverse? Do you think that like VR is going to bring us into this next level of like content like yeah do you think that like there's a react like is the metaverse just a buzzword or do you think there's some like truth to it because you know i'll share what i think about it but like i think number one i think it's a buzzword but i think it is meta or facebook's goal at forcing the the adoption of vr Mm -hmm. yeah just like they like you said like they'll make terrible changes and like people will you know i hate it i hate it i hate it but they're not going to go anywhere because facebook is essentially a utility now like i think what they're going to try to do is create a utility in virtual reality where you have to be there in order to be engaged in the community and what they'll do is they'll secretly start adding features into the quote-unquote metaverse that you that you once had or really needed and you can only access it. It's like Facebook Messenger. I hate that thing so much, but like there's trying to like force it into other places to make you keep using it. It's like, and they even made it to where you have to download their secondary app to use it. It used to be part of the Facebook app. I actually prefer that. And here's why, because I don't have the Facebook app. I'd never want the Facebook app installed on any device that I own or preferably not, no device on my Wi-Fi network. Unfortunately, Keisha does have the Facebook app, so they probably are listening to me right now. <laughs> wait, but, wait, wait, wait. You think that Facebook Messenger is not listening to you all the time? Uh, what I was getting at is that Messenger... I'm not really... Installing Messenger or anything from Facebook, you have to take that chance. I do think that specifically listening to me, I was exaggerating earlier. It's definitely not. We've talked about this. Your phone's not listening to you all the time. That'd be crazy. Uh, that if you won't. Uh, regardless, well. regardless, regardless, <laughs> security aside, I just don't need this 
buggy, bloated, giant app on my phone. I have the Messenger Lite app on my phone. It doesn't have emotes. It doesn't have a bunch of stuff that the main Messenger app has, but it works fine because if someone sends me a message, it doesn't notify me. I just get it later when I check. Uh-huh. Even even if I sign off Facebook on all my other devices and I log out because I want to focus, people can still message me and I can still respond. So I like having it be separate. That's me. No, no, I get that. I mean, just know that Facebook is all the same to them. They don't care which one you have. They have all your information there. And and and, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I want to say this. Your phone is listening to you all the time. <laughs> your devices are listening to you all the time. Sure, but, but it's not like the conspiracy that like Facebook is hearing this conversation and they're going to give me ads for headsets. I don't think so. So they aren't doing that in a way that'll get them in trouble, but they are doing that. There's a reason that if you say the words that I may not mention because your your devices will turn on that go their names. Yeah, that they'll that they'll respond because they are always listening. Always. This never off. What they do is they yeah. What they do is but that isn't that's not the same as recording your conversations and sending them to a server to be analyzed. What they do ad targeted is they do that periodically and at random intervals as not to be we're listening to any particular person. They anonymize it. Then they have third party contractors go through that data and that information, and they go through and uh, they not transliterate it, but they they transcribe it to see what people like. There's a very robust system that's happening and that's neither here nor there but to say that like i think that's why the metaverse is a thing they're trying to create as many touch points as possible so they can have Mm -hmm. as much information about you legally and quote-unquote anonymized as possible because all they have to do is like oh we don't know their name we don't know their actual address but we know their region they're geographic, geographic. We know their age. We range. know their d- demographic. Yeah, exactly. And they can just narrow sure. it down. They just have enough of that. And there's petabytes. Yeah. Oh, they definitely do stuff like that. You know, so. And I, yeah. I, th- I like what Facebook says when they ask, like, do you, are you listening to us on our devices? They're like, no, we don't need to. That's like the least efficient way to get the information we get from you. Like <laughs> they have plenty of other ways. If one of you jokers looks up Oculus headsets after this, I'll probably get ads because they probably know we're talking somehow. If uh, Keisha looks it up, they definitely will because we're geo, we're co-located. And so they might just assume that she and I are talking about it. There's all sorts of ways. They don't have to record your conversation. Yeah, I mean, they, they said they're not listening to you, but they did not say that we're not recording your conversations. There's- right, that's fair. <laughs> like, like they're, they're- I think that's an important distinction, but sure, that's fair. They're yeah. super slick. Like, it's all like... You know, like working in mobile development, like you just learn like so much about like how these systems work and like how they try to lock you out of, you know, like Apple is probably the best at like opting in, but they're still absolutely props to the Apple stealing all your information. <laughs> and once you opt in, you know, it's it's a uh... but anyway, uh, <laughs> the metaverse, do y'all think I that's think... really going to be a thing? I think that there's so much money in digital items. Like the game, games industry clearly is is really showing this. And I think that once 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 they figure out how to get people in there and offer them something that they want to buy, I don't know what it is. 
But I'm just saying this, like, I guess broadly. Maybe everybody understands this. But it's like, I think it's going to be, like, even more intense than we anticipate when VR becomes mainstream and people start buying things digitally in VR, like, they they interact with in VR on a daily basis. I think that's going to be, like, a huge transition point for the world. Hmm. Yeah, I wonder like practically what that would even look like though, because with my phone, I have it in my pocket. You know, I can very easily take it out of my pocket, interact with it with one hand, unless you have, you know, a modern phone, two hands, and put it back in my pocket. I can do that during a meeting. I can do that while I'm on the toilet. I can do that on an airplane. VR, at least the headsets, don't really lend themselves to that. Mm-hmm. Very true, uh, very not true. just portability, but also just like the space that you need to really interact in a VR space. I feel like it's not going to become super ubiquitous like that unless we're somehow projecting, you know, with like HoloLens. I think Microsoft has HoloLens that you kind of you kind of just wear it and then it projects or into the space around you. Even then, you know, like what are you going to do? Keep it around your neck when you're not using it? Mm-hmm. I yeah, I think, so I think I you make a really good point that the biggest problem is that, like, it removes you from the reality that you're currently in. Like, right. Facebook is, once again, just on your phone. So if you're at the store waiting in line using Facebook and the clerk goes, hey, sir, can I help you? You can put your phone in your pocket, right? But mm-hmm. yeah. even if the light, like you said, like, optimally, probably the best way is for light to just beam on your cornea, right? <laughs> Through some device, like you said, that's hanging around your neck or something. Like, that's still absolutely obscuring the most important, one of the most, not the most important, one of the most important it, senses. senses that you need to operate in reality. So it's always going to fundamentally be a tool that's used in safe spaces, I guess. Right? Like, yeah. You're, even in your bedroom, even in Ready well, not Player your bedroom, One, but in your house, though, I think one of the things that they kind of showed, and I don't know if it was intentional, but yeah, everybody was using it in safe spaces, and then the the world fell apart because people weren't leaving their houses, and so I don't think I think maybe in the transition phase, then that may may be a possibility where somebody you know has their VR headset in a line somewhere. But I think once it actually gets to the point where it's mainstream, like fully integrated, those lines won't exist. Like people will be at their house with their headset on. I, I feel that. like I feel like you're right in the sense that, and this might sound bad, but I feel like if they do it right, VR can essentially become the next drug, right? Mm-hmm. An escape from reality. Because, yeah. you know, most people, you know, if you look at drug addict research and you talk to if you've talked to a drug addict a lot of times it's not like oh i just do drugs because and and like an addict like somebody who's addicted hardcore and it's like ruining their life they don't just do it because oh like it feels good they normally do it because they're trying to escape something there's pain there's trauma there's something that like yeah it's better than my actual reality it's better Mm -hmm. for me to be high on x than for me to live in this situation you know um and i feel like that's where vr is going to maybe if 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 it becomes ubiquitous if if they find a way to make it cheap if they find it a way to make it more uh universal so people don't get motion sick or eye wear or you know headaches or whatever like i feel like it's gonna thrive on vulnerable populations you know people who are looking for that escape and 
where there'll be the ready player one type people who live in in the tough world and there'll be the people who live off of that like who live in a real world and they have fancy things and enjoy life and they don't need ready player one you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. i think it'll really take over places like um nursing homes rehabilitation places people who are stuck in the hospital for months like i think those people would probably be like the high priority targets just because they can't Mm. go into reality society and then if they can get it to where it works well for them i think that they probably would have made it to where it could work well for anyone they're basically like the not to say the test population but they're like the sample like the if you can if you can win this population you can find a way to start working to iterate yeah Mm -hmm. to get the because yeah it's like you know, think about like how games can somewhat be addictive, like where sometimes you're like, man, I'm just going to play this game instead of doing the responsibility that I need to do. Right. Like you're, you're trying to escape or you're at yeah. work and you have a bad day and you're just like, man, I just I just got to get home and play some game or or, you know, media can do that in general, you know, as an escape. Just, but you don't really get a chance to escape because you're still in the real world, you know. Mm-hmm. I still think that the problem of like the logistics of entering and exiting the the VR world are going to be, um, uh, you know, a real stepping stone, a real stumbling block because I mean, workspace, imagine for like workspace, like you're basically, you log into work, right? Mm -hmm. You put your headset on, you, you get your space ready, you're at home and you do your thing. Like that's not something, even video games now, like Game Boys and Nintendo Switches, are probably the most like low impact, low commitment yeah. devices, you know, like you put it in your pocket if you have big pockets <laughs> and, uh, you know, you can sh- whip it out on a train or something and you can't do it while you're walking. You can't do it. Even then, even as cool as it is, like there's still, you, you still like can't just be in VR all the time or be in the game all the time. Well, what if, or even most of the time, let me throw a scenario at you. What if workplaces implemented VR and, and it was at a point where the technology was, you know, really advanced enough, battery heating, all this stuff. And basically, at, oh, I guess you don't even need battery if you have workstations and at your cubicle, instead of a laptop screen, like, you know, when we were at IBM, we had these little small cubicle spaces. What mm-hmm. you do is you sit down, you have your headset sitting on your desk that is assigned to you. Your headset has uh, noise proof, uh, noise, you know, canceling headphones in it. It has the thing you just slip on your head. It connects once you're on. It recognizes it turns on, wakes up. And when you do that, you're now in a workspace with whatever relevant team anywhere in the world mm-hmm. together. And so you can have 100 people in a room, but they don't interact with each other. They can't hear each other. And they can just, you know, like, what if it becomes that simple? You know, just slip it on your head and you're there. Like, boom, you know, and you can and, interact. And then the safe, the safe controlled place that you become yeah, like the routine could... is, yeah, your desk. I think that's pretty close. Like nine to five. That's, that's different. That's different from like Ready Player One where people are just in and out all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that's actually pretty feasible even now. Yeah, because pretty much nine to five, right? That's a safe space. We're all in the office. Yeah, you know, take it off every couple of, like every hour go or two. Go eat lunch. And walk. 
Yeah. Or or if they were really clever, what you do is like you eat lunch in your virtual reality and if like some person in reality puts your lunch in front of you at your desk. <laughs> Spoon. <laughs> They're spooning the food into but, your mouth. But this person is this person is playing a VR game where you're feeding mm. monkeys. Yes, and you have to be faster and you get rewards. And there's like little machines in your uh your your chair that massage your legs so that you always have blood <laughs> <Yeah>. circulation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, speaking of blood circulation, yes, yes, we're we're, we're definitely hidden in. And I just want to note this because I did just briefly look up if I was crazy about workplace being owned by Meta. A hundred percent is. It's just as like we do a thing on their website, but essentially, just looking at it, is that it's basically the place where all your tools can get integrated into one: Google, Dropbox. Wow. Uh, Slack, blah 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 blah, or hmm. your your uh, HR, your blah blah blah. So their whole goal is to consolidate everything into one space into your workplace, and then you'll be trapped there. All of your tools, basically all third party tools, will be in their workplace space. And then I think the next step is, and they say video and audio is then to integrate. Oh, now we have a virtual reality you know feature where you can just put on a set and you can interact with your team and do all these things in here like and they're, they're slick they're they're building toward it they no doubt it. the human cost it doesn't matter we're getting <laughs> that money um yeah i mean any last words on uh virtual reality before we wrap it up to guy today fellas i'm curious to y'all, see y'all ever hear about Y'all ever hear about this this show, VR Troopers? V- it was like a Power Rangers type show. VR Troopers? You talking about the old school VR Troopers? Yeah. Man, I love that show. Yeah. Yeah. You think... I, have that, I still have, I still have that, that theme song stuck in my head occasionally. How, how does it go? VR. VR, VR. Something yeah, like, like oh gosh. virtual reality. Like, <laughs> has some sick like guitar riff in the yeah, background. Yeah, man. Oh, had VR to. Troopers was fire. Was that the one with the dog? Um... I don't remember. I just remember some some like Daft Punk looking dude walking around. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I used to love VR Troopers. That show was fire. So anyway, yes, that's the that's the beginning, and it was like a Power Rangers. It was basically Power Rangers, but a, a knockoff. Um, Yo, Power Rangers was that fire, man. It still is. It's like on season nine thousand. <laughs> you read about that one. <laughs> uh, well, I was, was gonna, gonna say. say Kyle? Uh, I'm looking forward to the day because right now, you know, being an office worker, we have Lenovo's like the, those are the work PCs. So I'm looking forward to the Lenovo of the VR headset and that mm. progression. You know, that's going to be has a little red nipple in the front so you can move your cursor. Around. <laughs> oh wait, 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 wait. <clears throat> what? Oh, I get you. I get you. I thought you were saying that you could control your computer via your nipples. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> we should have ended this podcast. <laughs> no, I'm talking about the Lenovo. Yes, I get uh, a little whatever it's called. I was like, I've always called it. Yo, this oh, man, man, it's taking technology to 2072, son. Bro, you, to... <laughs> you don't need your hands anymore. You are the controller. <laughs> you are the controller. <laughs> Every human comes with two thumbsticks. <laughs> All your power is. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Uh, sorry, Lenovo of VR. Continue. Lenovo VR headset. Lenovo, yes. That's, that's what you're looking that's... forward to. 
Not anymore. What about you? I was a few minutes ago. <laughs> I'm happy to ruin that and, for you. And when you say that, you just mean in the sense of it's like... Like the generic, okay. uh, mass-produced... It, Powerful and reliable, but not too right. impressive. It does It does what it's meant to do. Yeah. At a high, relatively quality... Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what uh, Google, what were you, uh, cardboard or Google, uh, what's it called? Feet? Dream. Dream. Like, it's like a lower end, like, and kind of, yeah, but yeah. I still feel like there's like a minimum level of VR, kind of like you said, like there's a minimum level computer that you need, you know, power wise. Your cell phone, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> you can't use one of those, uh, like, play school laptops. Like, what, what's that thing? The Leapfrogs? Yeah. The leapfrogs, like they're they're computers, but good luck sending email. <laughs> they're <laughs> they compute. <laughs> like I can't log in the site. Anyway, so leapfrog VR headset. Le- oh man, your eyes would burn so bad. Uh, uh, is goodness. it supposed to get that hot? <laughs> my my forehead meat is so hot. <laughs> It's just a virtual boy, but hot. <laughs> it is just red and black. It is destroying children's senses early. Like, just... I don't understand what happened. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, oh, man. But, <laughs> they um, just re-released the virtual boy as a leapfrog. As a leapfrog. We got to make that money back. Just <laughs> for the children. So, <laughs> on that note, on the, the Lenovo of VR... <laughs> and uh the virtual boy leapfrog um yeah the vr future uh i'm looking forward to it i'm, I'm like it. That's it one day it's gonna be the uh the neural link and it won't even matter anymore it's it's over mm-hmm. at that point but uh yeah um yeah fellas well i, I just as always just want to thank you guys thank you kyle always thank a pleasure you, steve um and uh of course always thank you to the super agile bros nation thank you to all of our listeners uh please don't forget to subscribe to us on youtube at super agile bros and on yes apple podcast as steve said last week we are on apple podcast so check us out there we're on spotify we're on google podcast we're on soundcloud we're on stitcher we everywhere. We even on Twitter at the SAB Podcast. Follow us on Twitter. Coming but, to um, virtual reality really soon. Yes, we're going to be releasing the <laughs> SAB VR headset. Get ready. <laughs> Nipple controls only. It's going to be fired. <laughs> <laughs> so look out for that. Um, but really, thank you guys. Um, and yes, look out for our Discord server coming soon. Special invites coming out to people soon. So that's going to be popping. We're excited about our Super Agile Bros community. But thank you guys once again for listening. And until next time, peace. I've got my eye on you, other Steve. <laughs>